Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. As you can see, we're not in the studio for the next week or so. We are in Texas and we're really enjoying our time here uh, because we're out looking at things as I put up uh, earlier today that uh, this episode today, Thursday, would be up late. We appreciate uh, your patience, but let's get right into this. Let's talk with Wisconsin. We've got good news and bad news coming out of Wisconsin. Let's start off with the bad news. If you recall, back in January 13th, a Waukesha County Circuit judge uh, put a stop and ruled that drop boxes are absolutely uh, illegal, uh, and so is ballot harvesting. Let me remind you, this happened um, January 13th. Uh, this was announced. Breaking judge rules, the uh, Wisconsin uh, Election Committee broke the law that absentee ballot drop boxes and ballot harvesting are not permitted in, in the state law. Waukesha County judge also found WEC's guidance documents on drop boxes should have gone through legislative rules process. So what happened was that they said they were encouraging and telling people collect ballots, drop them off in the drop boxes because of the pandemic. Well, the judge, uh, Judge uh, Born, looks like, I, I could be pronouncing it wrong, B-O-H-R-E-N or Boren, he issued a, a, a summary judgment decision banning ballot drop boxes and calling ballot harvesting illegal. Because what happened was the WEC in March and in August of 2020 encouraged their use, stating that absentee ballots do not need to be mailed by the voter or delivered by the voter in person to the municipal court, but instead could be dropped into a drop box. And according to the Wisconsin Elections Commission, ballot drop boxes can be unstaffed, temporary, or permanent. And of course, what the judge said is that this advice was contrary to law, and he uh, he, he, he issued this summary judgment. Of course, uh, if you recall, this is how Biden won. Let me show you this graphic again here. I hope we can edit this in. If you recall, it was the one where the red line of Republicans and then the blue line of Republicans, and then all of a sudden there's a spike like this, and all of a sudden uh, Biden wins by, what was it, 38,000 votes that came in uh, at the last minute. That number may be wrong, but there was a spike in votes, and he barely wins the state of Wisconsin. Hmm, I wonder if illegal drop boxes and ballot harvesting had anything to do with that. Well, here is the bad news. An appeals court has reinstated drop boxes for Wisconsin's February primary. A Wisconsin appeals court has temporarily blocked a judge's order that would have banned the use of absentee ballot drop boxes in the swing state. The court issued its decision uh, this week. Assuming it stands, it would mean that drop boxes can continue to be used for Wisconsin's uh, February 15th primary. Okay, now let's go back. Uh, Waukesha County Circuit Judge Michael uh, Bourne or Boren cited with the conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty earlier this month, ruling nothing in state law allows for absentee ballot drop boxes. Well, they, they're not sitting on their laurels, and I'm talking about the, uh, this organization, uh, Will, the, the Wisconsin Institute for, for Law and Liberty. Uh, they filed an emergency motion yesterday, Wednesday, to bypass, asking the Wisconsin Supreme Court to hear the Teagan versus WEC a case to determine once and for all the legal status of absentee ballot drop boxes and ballot harvesting. So the case uh, was at the appeal, uh, appeal of courts, a court of appeals, which in, in issued a temporary stay on the judge's decision, which is allowing it to go forth on February 15th. 
but the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty is asking the state Supreme Court to hear it, the case before then. So we have a little, we had some good news on January 13th, but of course the appeal, appeals court has uh, blocked the stay and now it's headed to the Supreme Court. Let's see if their state Supreme Court hears it, takes up the case before February 15th. All right, here is the good news though. This was uh, huge news uh, from uh, the, I would have reported on this, but we took the day off during uh, for travel on Wednesday and then uh, we were delayed several hours. So we got into Texas half a day late, which really threw our plans and our, uh, our appointments off. Uh, but anyway, Wisconsin Assembly uh, has voted to advance a resolution to reclaim Wisconsin's electors. Now, let me explain what's going on here because there is some misinformation. And if you even try to Google it or DuckDuckGo it, I actually compared the um, the results and it seems like they almost mirror each other. I don't know what's going on with DuckDuckGo. That used to not always be the case. But everything is debunking. Yes, the Wisconsin electors have not voted to withdraw the 10 electors. What they have done is they've voted unanimously to advance it to the rules committee for review to then present to legislators as for them to vote on. So let, let me explain to you what, what happened. Representative uh, Ramthan called for a point of order on Tuesday during an open session of the Wisconsin Assembly. He did this by asking for a privileged resolution. His legislation was referred to the Rules Committee per parliamentary rules. Then debate continued on an existing bill that they were uh, debating. The resolution was privileged. This way they were able to do a vote with the session that was currently in place and the result was all yes, a unanimous vote to move the legislation to the Rules Committee. It's in the hands of Speaker Voss, a Republican. So Speaker Voss and the rest of the representatives have 10 days to answer back whether it's going to push it to the floor for a vote. Then it's got to go through the Wisconsin uh, Senate. No word on what they would do with that. But uh, Representative Rantham used the rule book, used the Constitution, and he went for it. And he said, hey, look, my constituents want us to do this. He asked for a rule of privilege. They gave it to him. He said, let's put this to the Rules Committee to see if we can withdraw these electors. Everyone said, yes, let's move this to the Rules Committee. They could have said no. They could have tabled it. But unanimously, they agreed that it should go to the Rules Committee for consideration. So this is a process that could possibly result in a win. But it is a win for the, uh, the constituents of Representative Rantham who used the book, used the rule book of the state of Constitution, used the rule book of the state of, of Wisconsin and the Constitution to represent properly his representatives, his constituents in Wisconsin. Sorry, folks, it's been a long day. Please uh, forgive me, appreciate your patience. Now let's move to Arizona where Wendy Rogers has dropped 88 bills. She had tweeted out yesterday, actually a couple days ago, that she had 75 bills in the works. Uh, it's been increased since then. It's like uh, 88. And on Monday, she had, preview, she had previewed a link to these 75 bills. Some of them uh, have the following items. Uh, SB 1133 will ban a city, town, or school from conducting mail-in elections. Are we seeing a pattern here? Is it possible that mail-in elections led to the fraud and the steal of the 2020 elections? Um, now, on Monday, this bill passed with the Senate Government Committee with six more new election laws, including, this one's a great one, 
currency grade ballot counterfeit and counter fraud requirements. Now, I showed this to you before. I can't remember who it was that advanced this. Maybe it was Fingsham or, or another representative, but actually showed what a ballot could look like. It, ha it looks like a dollar bill. It's, it, it's got uh, strips, it's got security measures, and it's unique to, it can't be duplicated. Like it's, it's got serial numbers and everything. And then the vote is secret, but someone could easily go in and verify that their vote was cast correctly. Um, and Rogers uh, on Tuesday uh, sent out a press release uh, about this. Now, this uh, representative Mark Fincham was asked about recalling the electors just like Wisconsin uh, voted to do in this uh, using the privilege rule. Let me play you uh, a, a, a segment of this, just a few seconds of Mark Fincham's. This is Jordan Conrad from the Gateway Pub. Now I'm here with Arizona State Representative Mark Fincham. So the Wisconsin General Assembly, they just moved forward with a resolution to recall the fraudulently certified presidential and vice presidential electors. You called for decertification of the irredeemably, irredeemably compromised election here in Arizona. Uh, when can we expect Arizona to move forward with this? Well, I actually have uh, a resolution in markup right now. Um, we are dotting our T's, crossing our I's. We just want to make sure. I mean, this is <laughs> this is historic. Uh, it, I love, he's like me. He says that we're, we're dotting our T's and crossing our I's. He's being ironic. Like when I say uh, Joe Biden isn't the sharpest shed in the tool, we're, we're using it ironic. A lot of people don't get that. They think we've messed up. But uh, it's good to see that Mark Fincham has my same sense of humor. Doesn't happen very often. In fact, in the history of our nation, this has not happened more than a, just a handful of times over the entire 250 plus years. And I believe in Wisconsin, it's the first time that uh, any sort of legislators have moved forward to recall electors. So we are in a historic time of a historic time of action. Why? Because we historically, as far as we know, at, they've stolen elections before, even at the presidential level. Or at least they've, uh, they've stuffed the ballot box to ensure their win. For instance, in 2008, I believe that Obama won. There was enough white guilt, ridiculously, but understandably, I guess, for some folks. I know tons of conservative, diehard conservatives that voted for Obama because they wanted to tell their children they voted for a black guy. So I said, hey, I'll vote for a black guy too. And I voted for Alan Keyes because there's no way in hell I was going to vote for the warmonger John McCain. In 2012, it's questionable if he really won because a lot of people, Obama had just turned a lot of people off, even his, uh, a lot of his supporters in 2008. It was a close election. Who knows if they really won or not? Maybe Obama really would have won, but they still did a lot of shenanigans in 2008 as well, but in 2012 to, to ensure that Obama would be back in. But this is the first time blatantly the, the, um, the most popular Republican sitting president, huge support, lots of people leaving the Democrat Party for the Republicans, Joe Biden, an absolutely terrible, horrible, hated candidate by his own party, somehow won with historic votes beating Trump and Obama. Everyone knows that the steal was on. There really is no question. Everyone knows that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. Some folks just like have TDS so bad, they're like, well, you know, the ends justify the means. We got Joe Biden. We just had to get Trump out. That fascist, as they support an actual fascist in the Joe Biden regime.
That's un, that's historic. We've never had a president, to my knowledge, that the entire world knows and realizes is a fake president. So um, where where we're at right now is we still actually have evidence coming in. So I would like to say to the fake news media, the the, the tabloid guys, so much for baseless claims. <laughs> Yeah, we've been saying that for a long time. They keep saying baseless claims as more and more claims and evidence come forward. All right, we got some great news coming out of Louisiana. They decided to suspend the use of Soros-funded voter call voter cleanup system. Over the past week, uh, there's been a series done by the Gateway Pundit on corrupt Sor- Soros Open Society founded and funded voter roll cleanup system named ERIC. The ERIC system is not performing as is advertised. In several states, the ERIC system has not cleaned up voter rolls. On Thursday, today, Louisiana announced that they will no longer use the ERIC system. It is a broken application. Today, the state of Louisiana said no more. They will stop using the scandalous system. Quote, Secretary of State Kyle Ardwong has announced that Louisiana will suspend its participation in the Electronic Registration Information Center effective immediately. The announcement comes amid concerns raised by citizens, government watchdog organizations, and media reports about potential questionable funding sources and that possible partisan actors may have access to the ERIC network data for political purposes, potentially undermining voter confidence. And they even made an announcement that was sent out, a press release. Absolute awesome news, Soros being thwarted. Uh, By the way, I skipped this. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers, when asked about recalling electors, she said if Wisconsin can do it, Arizona should have been first. And they should have been first. They had the momentum going in uh, long before they were out of session. Uh, this should have been done. But good to see that Mark Fincham and Wendy Rogers are giving are, are in the fight. Can you imagine if more Republicans throughout the nation had the spirit of uh, Ranton in Wisconsin, if, that, if I'm pronouncing his name correct? It's very late here, folks, but I'm giving you the show that I promised you. And I want to report this stuff is very important. But please forgive me. I'm not as sharp as I will be after a good night's sleep. We've got uh, Wendy Rogers, and now we've got, um, you know, we've had Wendy Rogers, and we've had uh, Representative um, Fincham in Arizona. Can you imagine uh, if we had them through all of these different state legislatures, if we had them in D.C., people like that? This would be an entirely different country, and we would be in a much different situation. All right, let's get into COVID. Uh, there's a new Omicron variant, BA.2, in at least four states. Here's USA Today reporting. Yes, a new variant of Omicron is spreading on at least four continents. But no, it shouldn't be a cause for panic, Massachusetts scientists said Tuesday. Of course, Omicron is a weak variant. It's highly contagious, but it's essentially a cold anyway. Now, like two years ago, when everyone was first learning about COVID, there are now many tools to combat the disease. And like its cousin, Omicron BA2 is expected to remain relatively mild. But there is a new variant. And there is ways to combat, to combat this disease. It's called ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. But that's not enough. Fauci said a study on, on vaccines for children six months to four years continues. And it looks like it's going to be a three-shot regimen. Folks, Moderna and Pfizer stock are dropping. Now we got to get these maniacal 
uh, Fauci devotees to jump on board with and, and, and inoculate their children so that they can keep up this scam. Vaccines, kids four and younger, um, any updates on when we will hear from Pfizer <clears throat> on data? I think you talked about that coming in the next month or so. And if you could clarify if this will be for a two dose or a three dose vaccine, which is expected to be sufficient. And then on Paxlovid, um, do you think the rollout to patients is going well or are there trials that are being done in children from six months to 24 months and from 24 months through four years? As you probably know, the original data that was done was determined if the doses that were given to those children reached what we call non-inferiority with a more adult or adolescent population. And the original data that was put... I want to hear Fauci. He goes on to say it's going to be a three-shot regimen. Okay, and here's uh, here's one of the final stories. Uh, two of the last final stories I want to share with you. Uh, Pfizer is interfering in a FOIA request to the FDA, and the FDA is allowing Pfizer to review the FOIA request to be able to block out things before the FOIA request. Requested documents and information is granted. This is absolute proof that the FDA and Pfizer are in bed together. The FDA is not answering to us, to the people, about the safety of drugs. It is answering to the German-based big pharma company, Pfizer. Just days before the FDA was set to release over 12,000 documents related to the experimental COVID-19 vaccines, Pfizer asked a federal court to allow it to intervene before any information is released to the public. FDA, the FDA wholeheartedly agreed, asking the court to allow the vaccine maker to help curate the documents, which would also buy the agency more time to release the much-anticipated and likely damning data. Uh, nothing more to say there. Nothing more to say. And then here, uh, Project Veritas again at it, finding out that, uh, and this is just new. This is just new this evening. Project Veritas on Thursday evening released undercover video of disadvantaged people taking excessive COVID vaccines in exchange for a tax-funded gift card incentive. You got to see this. Let me show you a bit of this. But you find people that do it five, six times just because of the incentive. Well, maybe just go not say each time they're going to give them a different name so you have no idea. Why don't you, if you want to apply so bad, try something else where it's not the same company. Go somewhere where it's like extremely busy. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't keep putting the vaccine in your mouth. People in homeless shelters are getting multiple vaccines in order to collect $100. Right. Is that ethical? Absolutely not. We showed you shocking video of young children being vaccinated with the wrong mixture of the COVID vaccine and the apparent government negligence that led to it happening in the first place. We'll show you even more disturbing details of the story where lower income and homeless people get vaccinated multiple times because of the financial incentive being given out. Some being vaccinated upwards of five to six times, which could potentially have severe impacts on their health. Not even the doctors we've spoken with could tell us the health impacts this might have. 
your other colleagues mentioned, that people in homeless shelters are getting multiple vaccines in order to collect $100. Right. Is that ethical? Absolutely not. Do you know anything about that happening? When I worked, I've heard probably three to four times that people that were in the homeless shelters were going to get the vaccination and receiving the $100 incentive. Mm -hmm. But they were getting vaccinated over five, six times, and they were getting the incentives. So you're talking about over five, $600 each time. And I said, well, how does that work? Mm -hmm. and they were changing their names around. In the shelter, in the bus, like at the shelters, and they get vaccinated like six, seven times. We've had that. <laughs> but when you put it through the system, yeah. the person's name will come up, yeah, yeah. you know, all the uh, demographics and direct relations to that person. But you find people that do it five, six times just because of the incentive. Yeah, but then how do they get in there, though? You got this one guy, if you put him through the system, he's got like, He's passed all the boosters. He's got the first, the second, three boosters, and he keeps continuously trying. So we're like, no, we can't. Oh, my God. But he got in a bunch of times. So it just, just depends if he gets the right nurse that says, all right, come on over, right? Or even an admin, like I'm the admin. When you put that in it, you're supposed to get that flag in it. Right. So how do they bypass the flag? By flipping the names. And they did it. Right. That's, that's, that's why they do it, because All right, folks. As I told you in the preview, that was uh, from yesterday, uh, but we're getting it up today, so we appreciate uh, you, uh, your patience in getting this episode to you. Folks, we hope you have a great weekend. We're looking forward to meeting many of you BCP family members uh, in a couple days here, uh, Sunday in Frisco. Once again, uh, there's a post a few down if you want to uh, get information on meeting us. We'll be back next week. Uh, we will also be having and posting here a uh, virtual meetup for those of you uh, that are part of the inner circle uh, here in the next couple days. We'll do it over the weekend. Uh, either we'll do it just kind of debating whether uh, having you folks who can't make it uh, join us in the inner circle virtually in the, uh, the meetup we're having uh, or having a separate thing. But we will have something uh, virtual and live and interactive for our inner circle members uh, it'll, I'll announce it in the next day or so. It'll be between now and in the end of the month, between now and Monday. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need. Hey, our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power.